0: hello there welcome along to the podcast sport and life thursday the 19th of november another bright autumn day pretty pleasant here in the west of england in cheltenham how are you i hope you're well thank you for hitting on the button just a quick one today it's a bit of a laugh actually it's uh, chel sonnen mma star more on that in a second banglinson sort of cheltenham and Serena v are the sponsors of the podcast thank you as ever to them jason breeks and his team and they are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations. Check out Bangalofsson of Cheltenham online, the website, social media, B&O Cheltenham on Instagram and Twitter. Got some cool stuff. I think it's a 95th anniversary birthday, whatever however you phrase it, uh, for a company in terms of uh, the correct parlance, but 95 years old, I believe, Bangalofsson pretty epic that isn't it So that's going back to what 1925 historic German brand across the world over and housed in the courtyard in Montpellier the the, uh, local franchise with Jason and his team but through Serene AV they can source other equipment too not just Bang Nollison to get in touch with those guys for a bespoke service if you're looking for home entertainment systems as we continue to spend quite a lot of time at home don't we I went to the local store last night the streets are so empty I live in the center of town in Cheltenham and the bars that are usually buzzing, bustling throughout the week. The lights are all turned off, by and large. And, and just uh, streets kind of almost felt like a wartime vibe. And I guess we are used to that to a certain extent over the past eight, nine months. But still surreal when you contemplate what was life was like before to what it is now. And hopefully, in the not-too-distant future, we'll normalise. But check out Bang Lawson of Cheltenham and Serene AV. Get in touch with them. Not sure whether the store is open physically. Probably not. But they'll be able to uh, speak to you. And uh, through the wonders of Zoom, probably uh, check out your home and and what you may need. Uh, Also, thank you to cytoplan.co.uk, food-based supplements, company-based not far from here in a village called Hanley Swan. They have also just let me know, I didn't realize that my discount code is 30% for your first uh, order. And it's the discount code at cytoplan.co.uk. So it's C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk. The discount is draper10. R D R E D R A P E R one zero and then R. All the uh, letters are capital. So it's capital D-R-A-P-E-R. The number's one zero, Then the capital letter R. almost forgot how to spell my last name there, which would be a bit embarrassing. Well, thank you for hitting on the button. Good luck with the supplements. Let me know if you do take some su- cytoplan supplements, how they make you feel. Ed Draper 81 on Twitter, Ed underscore Draper 81 on Instagram. We've been taking Cytoplan supplements as a family under the stewardship of my father, Dr. Mark Draper, for 20 years. And this is a man who had a pretty much 20-year career on the podcast today. Chel Sonnen in MMA, began at middleweight, went up to light heavyweight, ended up at heavyweight Grand Prix towards the end of his career. UFC star, Bellator star, regarded by many as one of the greatest mixed martial artists, never to have won a title, a world title, comes from a wrestling, distinguished wrestling background in college. And we previewed a live event for Sky Sports this week, which is on Sky Sports Thursday night come Friday morning, midnight tonight. So Friday a.m. in the early hours. The headline event is the semi-final of the Featherweight Grand Prix. Fast rising star AJ McKee against a more seasoned opponent, Darian Caldwell. We talk about McKee and, and and his potential because he is undefeated. We liken him, or Chael likens him, to Floyd Mayweather in terms of having a family lineage. His dad, Antonio, a former fighter, as well. Then we talk also about a guy on the undercard, Benson Henderson, who's a former UFC lightweight champion, but moving up in weight. And I thought you might find that conversation intriguing. And then we end up talking about naked cowboys with Chael, who gives me some ribbing because usually he likes, I've kind of got an urgency to these previews I do with him for Sky Sports because he's a busy guy, but he's been in quarantine in New York because he's been staying uh, quite near Connecticut in Manhattan while uh, this series of Bellator mixed martial arts events unfold at the Mohegan Sun Arena in Connecticut. So he seemed to want to talk for a little bit longer, but then he he cut out. We ended up talking about uh, the Jerry Seinfeld show, Coffee and Cars with Comedians, um, and Ricky Gervais, and then a Naked Cowboy in New York. So it went off on a random tangent, but I thought you might like it. Let me know if you do, and uh, you can always rate it on iTunes. Back in a second to see what you make of this, this interview with Chael Sonnen for Sky Sports this week. Hello there, welcome to another Mixed Martial Arts Conversation for Sky Sports. Looking ahead to Bellator 253, AJ McKee against Darian Caldwell in the semi-final of the Featherweight Grand Prix. Very pleased to say, former MMA fighter, at middleweight, light heavy and heavyweight. Now a superb analyst that will be part of the Sky Sports coverage in the early hours of Friday morning UK time. The one and only Chael Sonnen. Chael, welcome back to Sky Sports YouTube. How are you? Good to be here.
1: I'm doing great, man. I'm a little bored, I got to tell you. I'm out here in a quarantine, and I've watched every TV show there is. But other than that, I'm going to be talking to you.
0: Yeah, you're not alone, I think, in this in this global pandemic with that. We want, to, we want to talk to you, of course, about the upcoming event, Bellator 253. But just reflect for a moment with us on Patricio Pitbull's win last week. I know you are unequivocal that he is the best pound-for-pound fighter in Bellator right now. But there's a debate sprung up online, of course. He thinks he's the best 145-pounder in the world. Uh, including the UFC options. That's caused a bit of a debate with people mentioning Max Holloway, not the UFC champion. Volkanovski as the man who could beat Pitbull. What's your take on, on that debate? Well,
1: I think it's fun. I mean, look, Pitbull's got a, a, a lot of strength in his argument when Pitbull is the one willing to go and compete with the other guys, right? I mean, Pitbull is anybody. Bring them over here or send me over, however you want to do it. Um, I think that that adds a little validity. And in all fairness, I mean, he's not just beating guys. He's destroying guys. There's nobody that's close to him. I I don't know what the blueprint to beat Pitbull was or is. Mm. If if I'm coaching a guy, let's say, and he's got to take on Pitbull, I don't know what our strategy would be. The guy doesn't have any holes anywhere that I've ever seen exposed.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And I think um, Josh Thompson made the – the point on his his weighing in podcast that actually you can't compare him to Max Holloway because the UFC people want to say that that was an erroneous victory that Volkanovsky got over Holloway, but you have to compare him to the the champion, I suppose. Sure.
1: I like that. I I like that debate too. We can go in that direction. I like the debate of of Holloway versus Volkanovsky. Those guys fought twice. I thought Max won both of those fights. That was just my opinion. The second fight was more clear. I thought that was three rounds to two. I mean, that's mm. a fun argument if you want to have, but we are being a little bit disrespectful. I mean, Volkanovski did everything he was asked to do, and he lived with the result. I'm not. I'm not really sure uh, how long we want to continue to to, to put a dark cloud over his, uh, you know, his career. <laughs> I beat it. At some point, we got to admit it's pretty damn good.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. I think in, in combat sports, you have to move on, don't you? Whatever the, the decision. Uh, what about this one coming up? A.G. May Mc- McKee against Darian. Caldwell, Uh, McKee going into the contest 16-0. He's got a Bellator record for the most consecutive victories. How impressed have you been by his rise?
1: Okay, I've been blown away. He's a second-generation guy. His his pops Mm. is a fighter. You know, so I, I think Floyd Mayweather would be a great example. But when you grow up and your coach is straight across the hallway, you just have more access. You have more access to training. I mean, those guys move the coffee table out of the way when he's seven years old, and they start working on these kinds of techniques. So it, he's another one where, you know, we don't know what the ceiling is. And what mm. is so impressive with McKee is he keeps getting better. A lot of times we'll see this, particularly with a young athlete who gets a little bit of money, gets a, you know a little bit of fame, and all of a sudden he gets distracted. He starts mm. doing other things or, or he starts resting on his laurels. McKee is getting better. And the only way you can do that is to be focused and be driven and to be in the practice room. And I, I think that he deserves a lot of credit for, uh, you know, how much he has kept his eye on the ball. I have to tell you, though, uh, he's the perfect kind of fight for Caldwell. I mean, Caldwell loves a match when Caldwell is the underdog. Caldwell is mm. responsible for what is known as the biggest upset in NCAA wrestling history. And I only bring to you that match because when Caldwell is counted out, there's something about that that alleviates a pressure and ups a motivation. And within an athlete's mind, some guys like to be the favorite and they like to be praised, and some guys like to be the underdog. Caldwell likes to be the underdog. He is the underdog. But I only present for you, he's going to he's going to compete very well with AJ.
0: Yeah, it's, in, it's interesting you mentioned his dad, McKee, Antonio McKee, because he's talked about how going into this, AJ says, having his dad there without a crowd will give him a new advantage because he can listen to the subtlety of his tone and the codes and the instruction. Could that be significant? Is that something you've observed now that how important those uh, instructions are without the noise of a crowd?
1: I think AJ's probably being sweet. He's probably paying a respect to his father. No, I, I mean, the, the reality is if his dad didn't even uh, come to the arena that night, A.J's going to have to be in there fighting on his own. But I think that that was very respectful what he said about his dad. And I will tell you as a viewer, it's been strange I don't know a better word to use. It is strange to watch a fist fight in a silent room. and I mean, you can hear. there's sounds. They're gross at times. I don't know mm. how badly I want to hear a guy kicking another guy in his skull. I mean, it's just one of these <laughs> real things that, that that being in the audience and hearing, you can hear these guys grunting. These guys are talking trash back and forth. I didn't know that happened. I didn't know guys actually spoke in the match. You can hear it. And uh, mm. it's a different experience. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I think
0: some of the fans actually like that visceral side of it. Maybe the more, the, blood, the bloodthirsty ones amongst them. What do you think of... Uh, of the step up and, and tell us as a former fighter as you go through the ranks what AJ McKee is going to have at some point in terms of a gut check do we find out more does it reveal all this this coming Thursday night your time Friday morning our time in the UK oh yeah I think it does I mean there continues to be questions uh, McKee's 16 and 0 but he's a young man I
1: mean he, he's had an, an incredible for career for being a young man so he's still got some experiences and us as the viewers still have some questions how is he going to do in a five round fight and this tournament is all five-round contests, so should he reach that point? Nobody's been able to get out of regulation time with him, let alone into the championship rounds, but what if? How is his condition? How are those intangibles? What's he going to do when his when his eye is swollen and his nose broken? Is, is he going to fold like a lot of guys, or is he going to rise and, and try to break your nose right back? And I, I don't offer for you that I would Speculate to the answer of this, but in all fairness, there's a lot of questions, and he's going to be locked in there with a former champion of the world. This is a tough night out, any way you look at it.
0: Yeah, it certainly is. Coldwell's been very respectful. I don't know whether this is kidology or not, but he says that uh, the McKee's the complete package. He's the, the modern mixed martial arts fighter. It, it reminded me of something that Mark Weir spoke to us about, obviously, an English former UFC fighter saying that it's changed since his time, that there's an MMA style now. It's not wrestlers against kickboxers, there is something that's holistic about young fighters in the sport. Is that something that you witnessed during your career, that perhaps now there's a bespoke MMA fighter as opposed to someone bringing their own discipline into the arena? Sure, sure. I noticed
1: it from the outside. No, I only left the sport a year ago, but I swear to goodness, it's it's a new sport than the one I left. Mm. I mean, to your point, you know, guys are walking into gyms at 12 and 13 and 14 that are called MMA gyms. That wasn't even a thing when I was growing up. You went and did your boxing over here on Monday night, and then you caught a wrestling workout on Tuesday, and you lifted your weights on Wednesday. It's one of these deals, and then two or three times a year, if you could find a match, you try to put it all together. Now, as unorganized as that sounds, your opponent was in the same spot. That's what everyone was doing. Now there's actual gyms where you don't have to have this wrestling background and then try to learn the rest. You can start MMA on day one, and there's only a few guys that do it. I mean, imagine Hmm. if you're a parent. Because you can't compete. You can't compete in MMA until you're 18. So if you're a parent, you're going to take your kid into a practice room knowing you're not going to get to see him compete. In the high schools and the colleges, there's no scholarships. It's one of these rare things. But Mm. the few guys who actually did it, now they're coming up. I mean, we got another guy named Amasov who's in Bellator. He's 25-0. and He has the most impressive record now that Khabib is retired in the entire sport. But he was another one of those guys. He wasn't a jiu-jitsu black belt or a kickboxer turned MMA. He started with MMA, and it's his own sport.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? What are AJ McK- McKee's ambitions? He says that he sees himself taking both the Pitbulls titles, moving up in, in weight as well, not only winning this Grand Prix, but, but then going up. How do you see his future unfolding? Well, I mean, look, he could do it. If anyone's going to do it, and I love a guy – that's
1: got the courage of Babe Ruth, that'll walk onto the plate and tell you where he's going to put the ball. I mean, most guys are scared to do that because it puts a lot of pressure on them. But in all fairness, I do not think that McKee is going to be a 45-pounder for very much longer. Mm. You know, he's just too long. He's too big. He lifts and and works too hard. And he's too young. You and I know, but we don't get smaller with time. We (laughs) get a little bit of weight. So at some point, yes, I do believe he'll be a 55-pounder. To take out both Pitbull brothers, Leave that to AJ, but as far as changing weight classes, I think that's very very likely.
0: Yeah very, I appreciate the compliment. I think your your physique probably changed more uh, more with the muscular variety than the, those of us who are Very at, sweet at, at, atrophing in the media uh, the media side of it. Um, what do you think of um, of the potential danger around the knee injury for AJ McKee someone like Coldwell will he try and target that? Sure. I mean, I think so. And and another question is, uh, you know, how much
1: rehab was AJ doing? I I have to go back to the five rounds. It's very relevant because Hmm. we know that Caldwell can do it. He's done it a number of times. You do have a question around McKee. And then when you start talking about a knee injury, now you're talking about, okay, how long did he train? How hard did he train? Could he he get those miles in to, to get his gas tank full? That's speculative at best. But when you're dealing with somebody as good as McKee, you kind of have to look for the critical stuff. The guy's not leaving us as an audience very many uh, questions on what he can and can't do. He is, to Caldwell's point, he's a complete package.
0: Mm, yeah, well, he is. What's what interesting is about the weight here. Caldwell, former bantamweight champion, and, and Sky Sports, which a lot of people watching this will become from a boxing background because we've covered boxing for, for decades. In boxing around that area, there's a lot closer weight divisions. What do you think of Caldwell as a 145-pounder? Is that his his best weight?
1: Oh Well, you know, I think it's tough. I think Caldwell naturally is a a little bit smaller. When I see him fight at 135, I've never thought he looked like the bigger man out there. When I see him fight at 145, I've thought a couple of times, well, he's he's a little bit small, but he moves so well. He's such a veteran. He understands angles and positions. Even if a guy's stronger, he understands to get an underhook. He understands where his head goes. He starts to wear those guys down. And I've never thought that Caldwell has a conditioning problem, but I think he thinks so. I, I think Caldwell, the longer the night goes, I don't think he likes it as much. And I, and I do think with some of those guys that he can move around and he doesn't have to put the, quite the taxing on his body to beat the scale the night before. He looks a little bit fresher at 145.
0: Yeah, he's the, the older man in there, isn't he, as well? Two southpaws in, in the stance. But do you expect Caldwell to try and take him down? What do you think his tactics will be? I think he needs to try to take him down
1: and please, please hear what I'm saying. He does not have to get him down. He needs to try to take him down. What I'm talking about is Caldwell needs to offer the threat. McKee Mm. respects wrestling. McKee's old man is a wrestler and a wrestling coach. Caldwell is the national champion, the highest level you can reach in America. And he won the whole damn thing. I only bring that to you because McKee knows this. And Caldwell needs to make sure that he gets his respect. If he can start getting respect, making McKee worry about just the threat of the Mm. take, that's when the hands open up. But if, if Caldwell tries to box, then wrestle, that's not what we're doing here. It's boxing and mm. wrestling. MMA he has <laughs> got to do them both together.
0: So you're, fainting, you're not only fainting punches and kicks, but you're fainting takedowns as well. That's all part yes. of the, the rich tapestry, isn't it?
1: That's exactly right. He needs to make sure he gets that respect. He needs, he needs McKee to worry and wonder for five straight rounds, is he going to try to take me down and do I have to worry about it? He just needs the threat. He doesn't have to get on top of him, but he's got to threaten it.
0: Uh, let's move on to – oh, Ash, you get your prediction first of all. What do you think your prediction for the main event is for this one?
1: Okay, I, know, I, think that I, mean? that McK- I think that McKee is going to win this fight. Look, there are some questions as the ones that I laid out for you, the five-round club, how well is that knee? Where's the gas tank? I think those are very legitimate questions. I just think that he's going to pass those tests. I think it's going to be a hard fight, though. I think it's probably the hardest fight that McKee has ever had. And, uh, you know, there is a part of me that wonders, does, does AJ respect – Darren Caldwell. Does he understand how how big of a threat this is? Because Caldwell's going to perform. That much I can tell you. This is just the kind of match that Caldwell shows up for. He's going to show up. Oh,
0: I look forward, look forward to seeing that. But it's a fascinating card all round as well. The co-main event. And I suppose for a lot of people who may be quote unquote casual MMA fans, Benson Henderson may be the name that resonates from that when they Look at look at that. But it's up against Jason Jackson in the welterweight uh, fight. What do you make of Benson Henderson? Just turn who was 1-3 early in his Bellator career, but then went on a winning streak. Lost, of course, to, to Michael Chandler. Whereabouts is he in his career? Is this a kind of crossroads time for him? I will tell you this. If you go look at Benson's record, and only the record, he didn't watch the fights, you're going to have
1: a very deceptive opinion of where he's at. I mean, even if we're to go back to his last match with Chandler, he came mm. out, he did everything right. He took a punch that would have put down a mule. Nobody could have taken that shot. It, it happened to land, and, and so we all get up and go home. Benson Henderson's a very scary guy, and he also loves to compete. I mean, he, he's on a pursuit right now. He's already been the MMA world champion. He's on a pursuit to be the jiu-jitsu world champion. Now, why that is his goal, I don't know, but he's working <laughs> his butt off at doing it. I mean, he's going and entering competitions uh, on the weekend, getting mm. these hard goes, shaking hands. I mean, the guy's in great shape. He takes his shirt off. He looks like he's carved out of stone. I would never, ever underestimate Benson Henderson. that
0: That I will tell you. Good stuff. Well, how, how is that, though, to be focusing on solely on one discipline like jiu-jitsu and then trying to throw it all together in the pot?
1: Well, it's such a great – it's so great for your cardio above everything else. You know, wrestling and pushing and pulling and breathing hard and trying to get a position on the guy non-stop. It's one of those things that it just creates for a very unique conditioning. And that's the thing that I like about it when I see that Benson's doing this. Uh, mm-hmm. So he's, he's had mixed results at it. But I, the mere fact that he's out there and he's breathing that hard, he's going with these 18 and 19 and 23-year-old guys, and he's keeping up with them at 37 years old. I mean, that's a great way to stay young. I was there when Randy Couture went on his run all the way to 47 years old, captured his last championship at 44. And one of the things that Randy always did is he trained with the kids. He would go into the high schools and he would make sure that that next generation never caught him to pass him up. He would always stay current and fluent by going with the younger guys. I see Benson do it. I think it's one of the reasons he's extended his career.
0: Yeah, I guess it makes you feel young to be around the young people as well. The weight conflict with him, if there is a conflict, he says he wants to fight at 155, seeing him here at 170 says he doesn't have to watch his calories which is which is good in the in the build-up but how do you see him and where he fits in because 15 pounds is a significant difference isn't
1: it most definitely now i think his speed is going to be a little bit better and i think his cardio will be better that's just good solid logic right if you're carrying Mm -hmm. around less than the other guy you can probably move faster a little longer than he can but he doesn't want to get pinned up either uh size really does matter there's a reason that we have the way and if a guy gets on top of you and you've got to carry that weight that can drain the battery so i think there's some positions that benson's going to want to be in i do wonder uh what his confidence level is on his feet right now we we see this a lot particularly with boxers but mma's guilty as well when you go and get knocked out and you know benson Mm -hmm. really opened up he was going for the kill himself but that allowed him uh, to be put down. If, if if he's apprehensive on his feet, that's going to be a big negative. I think that's the mental challenge that he personally has to deal with in this contest.
0: Yeah, and, and a technical challenge. You mentioned boxing. Jason Jackson of of Jamaican heritage got that win over Jordan uh, Mayan, and he's got he's got a reach of seventy eight inches. I suppose the question is, can he use that reach in the uh, cage? Yeah, no,
1: that's always the question. You know, you'll always talk about that. Can I keep him at the end of my punches or their strategy? Well, I used to keep him at the end of his punches. That Man, that's easy stuff to say. You know how hard that is to do? I got to go all the way back and talk to Tom to Hearns in 1989 for a guy with a reach that actually knew how to use it. Most of those guys don't know how to use their reach. It's just one of those hard things to do. I mean, there's a lot of geometry. There's a lot of calculus going on to, to get some something and keep him at the end of it. So I think in theory, the reach advantage is a fun thing to say. I've never seen a guy with long arms that happens to go win a bunch of championships because of it. I'm not sure that reach isn't an mm. advantage. You tell Mike Tyson that you need a reach advantage.
0: I mean, <laughs> this well, is silly. you the a danger with Tyson, and I suppose uh, the opponent, obviously Henderson, will be thinking once you get inside the reach, if the, if the fighter with a longer reach isn't able to fight inside, then it becomes a different, different fight. It can work against them, can't it? Sure. Well, I fully, I fully agree with you, and I think that's what Benson's going to do. I think he's going to be very grappling heavy. And, and don't mm. forget,
1: grappling doesn't mean he has to get him down. He just has to get to him. You can grapple on your feet, but go back to Randy Couture. But he made that dirty boxing famous. Look mm. at Daniel Cormier. But he'll get a, He'll get a guy with an underhook, push him into the fence, and slow him down. That's wrestling, even though he's not on top. And I think Benson's going to do a lot of that. I think he's going to make it grindy. How,
0: how do you see that one going?
1: Look, I think that Benson's – I think this is a good match for him. I I really think that even with the weight, I like that he's at 170. I hope he tries 170. I'm personalizing. I did it later in my career, but it also did allow me to extend my career. You know, Mm -hmm. beating the scale is such a hard fight that nobody sees, and it takes so much out of you. That for Benson Henderson to be able to put that aside, you know, he was talking about the calories, but that's a real thing. When you're trying to train hard – and not giving, not not putting, uh, you know, gas into the car, it's it, it's hard. I, I like that he's at 170. I hope he feels
0: rejuvenated. Is that is that why you have to be just, um, I guess, present in your body at the time to realize where you're at rather than sticking with a weight and thinking, this is me. It's it's an ongoing process to, to see how you are. Because as you say, you, you tend to thicken up as you get older naturally.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I'll tell you, a lot of guys from Benson's past have changed weights too. Frankie Yeager actually went down in weight. Nate Diaz, by example, went up in weight. So I think this is a common thing. And I can tell you that Benson isn't going to be overwhelmed by the size. He has plenty mm. of guys in the practice room that are this weight. He's known about this for a period of time. And the fact that he just got knocked out, I'm glad he wasn't taxing his body and going back to fifty-five. I like the weight. I don't know that Benson would agree with me. I think that Benson's a little apprehensive about it. I'm just my prediction is when this whole thing's done, he's gonna look back and go, Wow, I like one seventy.
0: Brilliant. Well, let's uh, we'll look forward to, to how he works out at 170 uh, in this uh, installment. Wanted to ask you quickly about another unbeaten record on the line Joey Davis, who I believe is, is part of the McKee setup as well, taking on Bobby Lee in Lee's Bellator debut. How much are you looking forward to this one? Well, Davis is special. Uh, give you a little backstory on Davis. He was a
1: Division II wrestler, but he won that damn thing four times. Uh, he won freshman, <laughs> sophomore, junior, senior. He won them all. And I don't think he lost a match. I think he was an undefeated uh, four time champion. So very explosive, but he's also gotten very good with his hands. He's had natural hips. That comes from the wrestling background. He's very good at getting control. That's the wrestling background. But what has been a real surprise is how explosive he is with his mm. hands, particularly in the ground and pound. He'll get a guy down, you know, no body, body, head, no, excuse me. He sits up, boom, boom, and he's, mm. looking, he's looking to do damage. And when you have a guy like that and you get some footage, you know, it's very scary. Anybody that's going to fight Davis needs to get to the second and third round. Because that mm. first round, there's going to be a storm. And most guys, there's, there's nobody left stand-up.
0: When you go in there from a wrestling background, is it a liberating feeling in a way that you can unleash those fists on the ground, in the ground and pound?
1: Yeah, it's something that you have to practice. And we see some guys where their learning curve is different. I've just been so so surprised at how fast it was for Davis. I mean, this guy was a natural. And we mm-hmm. knew he was in shape but we knew we knew how to compete. Again, that, that came from his amateur days. But it's still a different sport. You know, wrestling where a guy's trying to score points on you against fighting where a guy is trying to hurt you, it's a different sport. And I, I was really surprised with his mentality. I was surprised at how composed he has been. And by the way, I'm not taking away from Lee, but in fairness, Davis is the favourite,
0: and it's for a reason. Mm, Something instinctive about it. Well, Chael, fantastic to speak to you. You looking forward to it Thursday night? You're in the the zone, the rhythm now of, of 2020, the pandemic MMA.
1: I will tell you, I'm pumped, man. I get a little bit of a high from the fight still. I, 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 you know, I've seen so many cage fights. I still get a little bit of a high, man. It's it's like Christmas for me when I was a kid. I love it. I love fight week. I got a quarantine. Not looking forward to quarantine because it's boring and the food's terrible and there's nothing new on Netflix. If you have a suggestion, tell me now because I could really use
0: it. Jerry Seinfeld, Coffee with Comedians is good. And I think there's about a hundred of them. Know. Um, and you know what?
1: i've been watching them i've seen the problem i'm telling you i've seen everything i've seen
0: everything i like the eddie murphy one and and ricky gervais has done a couple of good ones on there but there's there's some good ones but yeah you've been prolific in in what you're watching but it'd be fantastic to speak to you we look forward to ricky
1: gervais is a genius by the way that's a he's a very brilliant mind
0: yeah he is he is (laughs) some interesting conversations they had on on that program as well but chael we appreciate your time look forward to your analysis as well as as we're watching early hours
1: You're really rushing me. I'm like, well, what's the big hurry? What is it you have to do? You know, here's your hat. What's your hurry, Chael? Tell your story, Walker. Yeah, I feel like you've been trying to get off this call for a couple of minutes now.
0: Not at all. Not at all. It's good to speak to you. I know you're usually the guy that makes the sharp exit, but maybe now you're in quarantine. You're just enjoying a bit of uh, of conversation.
1: That's right. I'll
0: tell you, I'm actually in New York. I'll give you a quick
1: view. I'm in New York. I'm going to get outside and my son and I are going to go to Times Square. We're in search of the Hulk, the Green Hulk. It's down in Times Square somewhere. We went the other day really? to find him, Ran into some some guy. He calls himself the Naked Cowboy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Newsflash, news he's a cowboy, and he's naked. So um, <laughs> hopefully <laughs> I find the Hulk today. I'll let how you know old? how that goes.
0: Good man. How old's your son, by the way? Five years old. Oh, okay. So that was a bit of a shock, a Naked Cowboy in New York. So it's a man, new experience. But,
1: uh, well, you know, I've, I've heard of the Naked Cowboy, but he is naked. He is holding a guitar <laughs> and nothing
0: and how how is New York? Because we hear in the UK that it's sort of Armageddon over there, post-apocalyptic after, okay. after the pandemic and the election and everything.
1: Well, Okay, so they thought all heck was going to break loose on the election. They boarded the whole city up, police everywhere, and it never happened. So the streets are pretty clear. Everything's open. If you want a table at a restaurant, walk right in. If you want to buy something at a store, go right to the front of the line. So in that regard, New York has been a, a very pleasurable uh, time to be here because it, it, they're just the population's down. You can kind of move around a little bit. I'm having a great time. That's my answer. I got to go find the Hulk though. If I find the Hulk boom, home run, no Hulk, I'm probably going to have a bad day.
0: There you go. I know you get bored eventually. So we've we had a good chat. I really appreciate it and uh, enjoy the oh, week. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I've had it with you. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>
0: good man. He just wanted to drag it out so he could make the sharp exit, didn't he, Charles? Suddenly, Didn't like being... Any sense of uh, urgency on my part, I was just conscious that maybe he wanted to get on. That's why I was trying to wrap up the conversation, but he wanted to end it on his terms. He did that. Uh, So there's Chael Sonnen, great talker, uh, intriguing. He's had a little conversation about what he's watching on Netflix and and the sort of dilemma we're all going through about how to use our time. I guess reading is uh, probably a novel one. Get a good book. If you've got a good book recommendation, get in touch with me. Ed Draper, 81 on social media, on Twitter, it's ed underscore draper81 on Instagram, I believe. And also there is an email if you wanted to get in touch, hello at drapermedia.co.uk now. So it's uh, hello at drapermedia, all one word, .co.uk. Be good to hear from you. And if you could rate the podcast on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on, that'd be fantastic, particularly if it's a positive review. Uh, But let me know. Obviously, you're looking to evolve and develop the show as well. I've read out an iTunes review the other day, and I'll continue to do that weekly if you do put a review up there. And uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you to the sponsors, Bangalore of Cheltenham and Serene AV, specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high-quality customer service and installations. Check out Jason Briggs, keen Manchester United fan, and his team. Don't hold that against him, will you? Although I think people are less averse to Manchester United fans who aren't Manchester United fans now that our star has fallen just a little bit and we're not that swaggering or conquering team at the top of the league of people accusing us of being glory supporters so maybe that's changed I don't know but don't hold it against Jason either way and thank you to Cytoplan Plan for the association with the podcast number 30% off their food-based supplements with the code DRAPER10R all the letters capital numbers one zero so D-R-A-P-E-R one zero and then the capital letter R draper 10r thank you for listening to the podcast appreciate it guys hope you have a good rest of the week hoping to catch up with lee hendry the former aston villa and briefly england footballer at some point this week and put it up on the podcast so check back for that in the meantime hope you're well and uh hope this reality of this situation isn't affecting you too much And I, i do wish you all the best goodbye for now